Welcome back to Commission Impossible. I swear it, it sounded like Bull Rush again the way I said welcome back, didn't it, Ryan McDowell? It, it really did. It did. It uh, did. I, I Yeah, I, I can't remember how I do it. I, I know I say, I'm pretty sure I say welcome back, right? I don't know. Uh, you do now. I do now. I did this time. I'm Ryan. I am not Ryan McDowell. That is going to the outtakes. You wish. <laughs> I wish I was the godfather of Dynasty. Right <laughs> I believe that's what they called you on the trade cast the other day. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I am Scott Fish. And with me, I'm Scott Fish. And with me, Ryan McDowell. Uh, we've been uh, known for our commissioning over the years and uh, got together to do a podcast, which is kind of how it works. Uh, if you're new to the show, all episodes are pretty much evergreen. Which means you can binge them, which is awesome. And we love when people tell us that they binged uh, all the episodes. I'm trying to get better at writing the descriptions. So ever, uh, all the most recent episodes should have really good descriptions of what they were talked about. We just got done with arguably one of our best podcasts, right, Ryan? The last I, one? I really think it was. Um, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much, but... Um... I enjoyed it. I'll say that. I really enjoyed it too. Yeah. We talked, we went through a lot of settings for leagues uh, by basically by drafting some of our favorite settings, which uh, if you have not listened to it, you should go back and listen to it. It's uh, it was pretty good. If you have any listener questions, comments, uh, bad commission stories, interesting league ideas, anything really uh, email us commishpod at gmail.com. And we will try to get to it on the show. We try to get to all of them, but I'll be honest. They are backed up, Ryan. They are so backed up that we're going to have to answer a bunch of them on this episode. You're saying we're a little backed up right now. <laughs> we're we're a little bit backed up, and and uh, sometimes when you get that backed up, they they just start you know coming through. So we got to get going. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, so this is uh, episode 24. Let's get to it. Some more listener questions. Actually, this isn't a this is a listener. This is a listener, but it wasn't in our email. It it slid into my DMs, Ryan. This one slid into my DMs. Um, be and careful what you read here. I know. I <laughs> gave it. I gave it a little bit of priority, to be honest, because it it talks about something we talked about the other week. I mentioned how my buddy had a keeper was talking about a keeper league he used to run and was considering running again, where you only got ten points to keep keepers. Um, in your league and you, and it's a point per year. So Deandre Hopkins, if you've had him for four years, that's four points against your, you know, cap of 10 points. Well, this guy writes in talking about having a 24 man dynasty roster and giving each roster 80 points instead of, you know, amount of contracts years or whatever. Um, you just get you, your players have to stay under 80 points which means what's that a little over three years per player on average. Right. So obviously you can keep some players for like six, seven years, but other players you're, you're going to have to make cuts, you know? Um, what do you think about that? I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, I like it too. That's why, that's why it got priority because I really like that idea. So, it, I mean, it's essentially kind of the reverse of a contract league where it, you know, in a contract league, you you get a Saquon Barkley on your team as a rookie and you give him the max contract, whatever that might be, four years, five years, whatever. Right. Uh, and then at the end of that time, then you've got to make some decisions. Um, and depending on your league's 
rules, you're at risk of losing that player. And, and in some leagues, there's, there's actually no way to retain that player. He automatically goes back into the pool. Right. In this situation, if you make some, make some roster moves or maybe even, I don't know, do, does he say you have to roster 24? Maybe you roster 20 instead. I, and, can, I doubt. I mean, he doesn't say, but I can't imagine a league forcing 24. Right, right. So you have to have 24, no more, no less. I can't imagine that. So, so that, that would be another way to give you some, um, breathing some, room some flexibility. Your... Right. I really like that. Actually. I really do too. It, 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 and players definitely, I mean, I don't think you'd do it yet, but I mean, Antonio Brown, you could, he could be eight points right now against that 80. Like he could be 10%, you know? Um, he's it, not worth it. Not yeah, worth it. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, well, he might be worth it, but uh, the, there are players that you know the, you, they start costing four, five, six, seven points. Are they are they worth it even more? Even if they're really good, they're they're really cutting into what else you can do with your roster. I like that. Let's can we go back to that last episode we did and maybe fit this into our perfect league? Yeah, I like I it. I would I would consider that if I'm starting a new league. It's uh, it's one of those things that, uh, and and this is similar to a contract league. At the beginning of the league, you know, the first year, the second year, it's really easy to abide by those yes. contracts, right? Yeah. Like in my leagues, we have sixty contract years, and at the beginning, it's usually pretty easy to stay under that sixty-year cap. Uh, and and then when you're bringing, if you're bringing in three or four or five rookies each year, and you want to give those guys max contracts that's when you start facing more difficult decisions. This would be similar. The first year, obviously really easy. Second year, pretty easy. And then, then it starts getting tougher. I wonder if the 80 is a little bit too high in that it's over three times, which mean, that means you can keep all 24 guys for the first three years without even, like, without even wincing, right? So that part makes me wonder if 80 is a little too high. And also, I mean, you really got to spell out what what happens when you acquire someone from another team? Do those years transfer over? I'm assuming yes. Yes. Um, and I'm assuming, let's say you've had a guy for four years and you cut him, but then you're able to get him back on waivers, like try to try to pull that move. Does he go back down to one year or is he at four years because he was on your team? Probably one year, right? Um, but that's... I that's, think so. Those, those are yeah. questions you face in a salary cap league. Yep. So... Which, I think you got to lay all those out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the idea from, from Kyle there. Yep. I, I do too. So sliding into his DMS, he gets the top of the show treatment in front of a lot of emails that, that came well before him. So uh, maybe I shouldn't admit that that's that'll only encourage people to do that method. <laughs> we prefer the emails commission at gmail.com. Ryan, read us our next question. All right. Our next one comes from Mike. We don't know where Mike's from, but he has a uh, a very long last name that I'm not going to try to pronounce. By the way, that last was Kyle Thomas. I don't know if I mentioned. He didn't say where he was from, but that was Kyle Thomas, the last. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. We, we need to know this. We need to Mike, know where you're from. Mike has got to be from the Northeast, I'm just going to assume. So Mike says, do you have any recommendations for platforms tool, tool graphically illiterate 
to help the graphically illiterate create cool league logos. Um, I mean, my recommendation would be uh, our buddy Mark in Michigan. It's yeah. it, it's, and I know there's quite a few people who uh, do those graphics for uh, for a, a reasonable fee. Mark actually just recently uh, totally overhauled all ten of my main leagues that I commission. Uh, meaning the five hyperactive leagues, the five kitchen sink leagues, uh, and, and obviously did a great job with those. So he's on Twitter at Mark underscore N that's I N underscore M I. Um, he would be my, my go-to recommendation because I too am graphically illiterate. I don't know how to create any of those team banners or league banners or any of those graphics. I can't do it, but Mark can. I can do it. I have used Mark's sometimes and I do my own sometimes. Uh, I use, you know, I've, uh, I've used Photoshop in the past, but I also use, and this is a free software you can get called GIMP, G-I-M-P. Uh, you can Google that and uh, you can find the the graphics program GIMP. Um, it's, it's Photoshop-like. And, uh, once that's you get, from, that's from Pulp Fiction, right? <laughs> Gimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's, uh, once you get used to it, you can, you can do your own stuff. Okay. I guess. Um, but yeah, I, if, if you're really graphically illiterate, I'd go to guys like, like Mark or like Jake Anderson and stuff, pe- people who would be willing to do stuff for you for relative, like relatively cheap, pretty cheap. And Mike had one other question. Do you know of any MFL hacks to make it possible to do an auction league with two or more copies of every player? I know their auction platform prohibits being there being two different auction prices for the same player. And, and he notes that the second uh, erases the first. So, okay. Uh, so I need, I need to cut in front of this here because I forgot that I totally went back and forth with him on this because MFL fixed that glitch. So I, I wasn't actually sure um, as far as that. I, I know I did. It, I, I it, participated. I should clarify. It fixed the glitch for auction prices, but not for contracts. So Right, right. You right. still, you can't do, you can't do a multiple copy league with contracts, uh, which I would assume that you can't do a multiple copy league with salary cap. I don't know, uh, Scott. Can you? I, w- I would assume not. Yeah, I would assume um, not because I believe that's the same the same uh, code, the same part there. Um, it it the the glitch is fixed where it does have the correct auction price for the second player now, but for salary cap and contract, it does not. So, right. So so you can do a multiple copy uh, auction. On MFL, you there are still some limitations. You can't have two copies of the same player up at the same time, um, or on the same team, or and and you can't have those two players. You can't even on the bid on. Team. Yeah, if you own a guy, you can't. You can't. MFL won't even let you bid on on the same guy anymore, which is great because originally you could still bid and win the second guy, and then you'd win him, but it wouldn't show up on your team. And, right. And luckily, MFL fixed that, so it just won't even allow you to bid anymore. Yeah. But so no, no real good hack if it's for salary or contract. And if you're not talking salary or contract, I can't remember if you were or not. Uh, 
it that that glitch is fixed. It will show the correct price, but not salary and contract. It's still not going to work. Yeah, and we kind of kind of hinted at this on that last episode where we were talking about some of these unique leagues. Sometimes, if if you really want to go through with that league and and you you know you feel strongly about it and it's something that is does not seem possible on MFL, then you may have to resort to a Google Doc, which of course that's that's going to be more work. So. All right. I don't, I don't know if it's a great option. Ah. All right. Let's uh, Tyler from St. Paul. What do you got for us? Hey, Scott and Ryan. First of all, much love to you two for all your incredible work in the industry. Your charitable ideas and breadth of knowledge bring us a lot of joy and distraction from the day-to-day commotion of life. Well, thank you. That's, that's awesome. We appreciate that. Right, Ryan? Yes. Yes, yeah. of course. I'm a diehard dynasty player, but I'm starting a new redraft league idea. As far as I know, this type of league hasn't been talked about anywhere. Ooh, it's a double super flex league. I always feel like such a dork when I or douche almost when I do this, but um, yeah, I mean, double, the, the QB and two super flexes that that's out there. In fact, one of John Bosch's original leagues, I believe was, a, was like that where you started three quarterbacks. Um, good friend of the program, John Bosch at, at, I think it's John at John Bosch FF now, something like that. I think that's correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I I just call those leagues super duper flex. Super duper flex. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do. I like that. I I think that should be the official name. But they are they are out there. But I I'm willing to bet they are not talked about very much at all. So I do not blame uh, Tyler for not having heard of them. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't think I've, I've think seen a couple. Rare. Yeah, I've seen I've I've seen a few leagues like that. I don't think that I've seen any content uh, or, you know, articles about those types of leagues. So yeah, Yeah. it's, it's easy to miss, to miss that. Super rare, super rare. But luckily you got two guys that have heard of them um, on the show talking for you. So it will be an eight team league uh, to accommodate for many drafting styles and teams will have a capped limit of five quarterbacks that can be rostered at once. You know how I feel about, positional limits ryan <laughs> uh, yeah it's no we don't like that we, we are not fans of the positional limit here on the commission impossible podcast max of 40 qbs out of the qb pool at a time which feels right the starting lineup will be as follows qb superflex superflex rb 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 wide receiver wide receiver wide receiver tight end tight end here's the thing about this that i don't think i have seen is that it's got two super flex positions and no other like running back wide receiver tight end flex spots. Right. So I guess I'm wondering, is that actually three quarterback starters or are, are you required to start three quarterbacks? I think it's just a QB. And then the, the two flexes are basically whatever position, including QB. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Most people would usually start a QB, I would think. But right, QB, right. If they could. With eight teams, I mean, that's only 24 QBs. So most teams are going to have three starting quarterbacks. Sure. Um, his idea was to puff up starting running backs and wide receivers, uh, two tight ends with 1.5 tight end premium, full point PPR, um, do we have any thoughts looking over this? Anything, uh, general commish, uh, blah, 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 blah. Any input, uh, happy summer break, Ryan. So apparently this was last summer. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Ryan? First well, off, I don't like the positional limits personally. 
that's that's thing one I don't like, but I understand where you're going. Yeah, I think I think you've got a couple things that maybe are not necessarily necessary. And I'm guessing at this point, um, maybe Tyler has already tried this league, and uh, I, I would love to hear how it went in in the first year if if he's now a year into it. But you've you've got the small uh, small roster size, sixteen total players on your roster, mm-hmm. uh, and then you you also have the large starting lineups, which I like. The large starting lineups, eleven the, starters, five bench in this I, redraft league. I like the. Actually, I, I missed that it was a redraft league. So now I'm, I'm even better with it, I guess. Uh, the the six. <laughs> The 16 players makes more sense now. And, and even the positional limit in general, I, I don't love, especially in dynasty. I, I think it makes a little more sense in a redraft league. I, I had missed that. Um, but as far as limiting with 16, with only 16 players, I don't think you even need the positional limit. I think you're kind of limiting that with your five bench yeah. spots already. Yeah. Cause Oh yeah, you you're definitely right. I don't I don't think that positional limit is going to make much of a difference for 7 of the 8 teams if not all 8. Right. So I would I I would just say I, I would hope Tyler would reach out and tell us how that first year went. Yeah, exactly. Um I'm I'm generally not a fan of forcing someone to start two ti- I don't like two tight ends, you know that, but this is 8 teams so it's a little more palatable, <laughs> um, but uh, starting, forcing the starting of three running backs, forcing the starting of three wide receivers. That's, that's forcing a lot of deep uh, depth and not a lot of like uh, flexibility with how you construct your roster. Cause if you're starting 11 of 16, you're basically forcing a person to construct their roster with like three to four quarterbacks, like four running backs five wide receivers, three tight ends, and then like one extra or two extra people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not allowing much flexibility for how you construct your roster. Right. I think the roster build would be very similar across the league. League. As far as the positional breakdown. I will. I mean, it's an interesting idea. I, I think I would take this basic idea and do it a little differently myself, but it's a redraft league. It, it, you know, it, it'd be interesting. Uh, the rules you've set out would work. I mean, they would work. So any other thoughts, Ryan? No, no, I think that covers it. I like that it keeps it at eight teams, though. So if you're going to force that many spots to be started and you're going to make a league where three quarterbacks can be started, eight teams, you know, makes sense for that. So yeah, that's for good. sure. Hey there, this is Patrick from Louisville, Kentucky. Ryan, that's pretty close to you. That's that's very close to me. Like Patrick, we should be friends. Yeah, what's going on there? That's yeah. I love your pod. I only came across it about a week ago and I've binged almost every episode. We get that a lot. We love it every time. That's that's so awesome. I'm very, very glad. Tell your friends too. Everyone listening, tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Not just this specific one, but all of the podcasts of Commission Impossible. I love Ryan's playoff and toilet bowl format, awarding a compensatory pick between one and t- rounds one and two for Dynasty. I will be implementing that in a couple startups I'll be commissioning this year. It's awesome. 
Now we, we should really be friends. Patrick, come on. Yeah. How has this not happened already? Uh, my question is for a home league redraft. What kind of incentives are good for toilet bowl teams? Home league redraft. Yikes. Okay. Um, I have one of those. I'm just trying to think of what, what could be a good toilet bowl incentive? Um, I mean, I think, I think the options are, are, wide open here you're talking home I mean, league we're not talking punishment though we're talking i mean no i know you're not but in my head I, i'm like i can think of a bunch of punishments <laughs> but we're talking incentives for them to want to win the toilet bowl like yeah i think my mind kind of immediately went to punishments as well so um maybe you're you're trying to avoid you know, you're winning the toilet bowl to avoid some type of punishment. This is a home league. You're yeah. uh, presumably playing with with buddies and with guys you know well, work friends or college buddies or whatever it might be. If it's um, a live one, that there's so many more options. Like uh, toilet bowl champ and champion get free beer that night or something. Right, like, exactly. But I don't I, think that I don't think that even though it's a home league, we don't know that it's a in person draft. That's true. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it depends on your buy-in. We could go as as simple as as money, right? Like, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I don't think the toilet bowl winner should win their league fees back, but maybe a quarter of that or half <laughs> of that, right? Yeah. In the pigs league, you're gonna hate this, but in the pigs leagues, they win almost their league fee back. <laughs> I mean, well, the pigs 55 league. because five goes to charity. So 50. yeah, the pigs leagues are also what? 48 teams, 24 yeah. teams. So, yeah. they, so one, one team taking it. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. That's there's different. a little more money to, to play with there. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe, and maybe this is why Patrick's having some difficulty really nailing this down because we, we just keep thinking of the loser has to, you know, buy buy the pizza on draft night, or buy the beer on draft night, or the or the the loser has to do something extreme. But um, in this case, we want a good thing, right? We want to yeah. we want a reward. And it's really tough to give in a redraft league. Give an extra pick. I think that's why why Patrick's writing in because he can't give like another first round pick essentially in a redraft league. Well, what what if the so what if the toilet bowl winner just gets the first pick the next year? Or, or gets to pick their draft spot. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. I'm not sure if it's enough for, for Patrick's league mates, but yeah, I, I feel like we've seen that before where the champion gets to pick their draft spot, but maybe the next year, the champion is forced to maybe, 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 the toilet bowl winner picks the draft order completely for everyone. I'll, I kind of like that. That's that's different for sure. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I need to be in this home league. Let me in, Patrick. Yeah, how is <laughs> Ryan not in this league? You guys are both in Louisville, Kentucky, or very close. Um, yeah, man. Okay. Secondly, any kind of related what kind of related what kind of schedule type and prize allocations do you guys favor for a 12 team league and let's assume it's this redraft league for schedule he's considering first 11 weeks each team plays each other once 12th week is a rivalry week 
which my leagues have rivalries. I kind of like that. Not sure what to do with week 13. He might make it a two, two week playoff slash Super Bowl type of thing. Um, Oh, what do you think here? Uh, uh, I, th- I think that works if yeah, you can, I, if you, I, if you're okay to put in, put it in manually. Yep. I love exactly what he laid out as far as uh, the, the rival rivalry week, obviously is something we're both in favor of. And uh, sometimes that can be tough. I know you've had success in the pigs leagues implementing that. I think sometimes I'm, it can probably be difficult in uh, an online league where you people might not actually know each other. You know, maybe you're forcing rivalries in this format, a home league, and and we're presuming yep. these guys know each other. Those rivalries should already be there. So I think that's a great idea. And then the two week Super Bowl again, we kind of touched on uh, on the multi week playoff thing in the previous episode where we were building our perfect league. And I think even in a redraft league, that can work well. I, I, I will, I, I just want to add on. I completely agree. And I, I, I like what he put forth here. I just wanted to say that rivalries you mentioned with my leagues, uh, I've had rivalries completely not work. And then I've had them completely work. Like they're so hidden. They're so owner dependent is what they are. And in a home league, like Ryan said, the, that's bound to bound to work pretty well. Uh, the next question is also from Patrick from Louisville. Uh, my new bet, my new best friend. There it is. <laughs> do, you, do you want to read this one? Or you want me? Yep, to? I've got this one. This is right. again from Patrick uh, in Louisville. I'm starting a second chance dynasty, second chance type dynasty league. After hearing about it on your pod, thanks, Patrick. So, when a team pays fifty percent deposit if trading a future pick, how do you handle that if the owner leaves? Without a second-chance dispersal draft, the new owner would just take over the orphan team at a 50% discount. But with a dispersal draft involved, where does that deposit go? Um, yeah, so essentially that's what the, that's what the deposit is. It's paying uh, – it's a prepayment in case you choose to leave the league because you're yep. leaving your team without a first-round pick uh, or, or – draft picks depending in my leagues i only require the prepay for a first round i know some leagues require that for trading any draft pick um but that is i mean some some people view that as a penalty to me i don't view it that way it's it's i don't either again just just a down payment if you stay in the league then uh, of course it's it's not any type of extra payment you have to make and if you do choose to leave the league then it helps in recruiting a new owner. So the the deposit simply goes to the the new league owner. pot for that year, and and yeah, the new owner would get a uh, a fifty percent discount. Right. Um, the this is a I don't understand why second chance dispersal draft matters for this unless he's talking about a dispersal draft for two new owners, like it feels like the new team should just get the 50% discount. That's the most obvious answer, right, Ryan? Uh, like you just said. Right. Okay. So in that situation, let's so say. I, I, I'm just taking it a step further, trying maybe to understand why he's having trouble with this, or maybe just let's help other people. Sure. I've, I've had that situation actually where I've got two openings and bringing in two new owners <clears throat> and there's only one first rounder available between them. Um, right. So I actually make it um, pretty clear that 
One of them is going to pay the full amount, the full dues. One of them is going to be able to take advantage of that 50% discount. And the one who, the one who chooses the first round pick is going to pay the full price of the dues. I like it. The one who goes without or, or is left without a first round pick uh, gets a discount. Perfect. Perfect. That's, that's exactly where I wanted to go with that. So <laughs> perfect. That's, that's awesome. Lots of help there for, for people. Uh, do we want to do one or two more? Let's sneak in one more at least. Dear Lord, these look long. Uh, I've got one for you, Scott. Okay. All right. This is from Mike from Long Island. Mike, thanks for letting us know where you're located. Mike says, hey, gents. Great work. Love the podcast. Make more, please. Thanks, Mike. We're making more. We're doing it. Right now we are. Uh, Mike says, a few episodes back, you discussed the effects of inflation in bankroll leagues and outlined some measures designed to prevent it. I joined two pigs copycat leagues this offseason. We're just going to assume that was last last offseason. And he says, awesome format, by the way. The prospect of inflation concerns me. While I agree that your proposed strategy should work, I feel like there's a much simpler solution. Why not just adjust the bankroll awarded for draft picks annually based on the amount of bankroll currently in the league? So some type of ratio is, is I'm assuming, what Mike is talking about. Scott, I'm going to let you speak to that before I read the rest of his question. Yep. Um, we, we actually talked about that and it was quickly, um, eviscerated in that people could not, did not want to be trading picks, not knowing how much they'd be worth. Um, if you're constantly changing the price of how much a pick is worth, it, uh, it, it would be, it's very tough to, to trade. And then all of a sudden a, a pick that you had traded a year out is a different price. Uh, when you get to that, get to that year, um, it, it was, it was definitely something that we thought about for a, a brief second. And, and also it doesn't really solve anything. Um, it, it solves the inflation, uh, as it relates to the rookie picks, but it doesn't solve the fact that all of a sudden, instead of players being worth a hundred dollars, they're worth $5,000. I mean, sure everybody's going to have more money but at some point you're just trading like 2.1 million for this or this we wanted to try to have a consistent uh like consistent value base for things but but the biggest reason we didn't do what you're describing here is trading future picks becomes kind of like just a shot in the dark at not and not knowing how much they're worth um when you're trading them and that 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 we decided was pretty 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 much not a good idea but also we didn't we didn't want everything in the league to just keep going up in price um so there, there's a couple of reasons we didn't do that but uh it sounds simple but in practice it 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 wasn't wasn't really going to work and it, it definitely wasn't something we wanted for the league so what was your league and again we talked about this a, a few episodes back but what what was your league experiencing exactly when it comes to inflation people were not spending they they were just letting money roll over and they were never spending all their money and so people would be saving money in every auction and everyone's bankrolls would keep rising so that uh 
in year one, Julio, you could trade for like a stud running back for like three, 400 bucks. But in year three or four, you have to trade like $1,400 for a stud running back. But the, the rookie picks would stay the same amount. So a first round rookie pick would be like, like say the 101 would be worth, uh, I think like 240 bucks or something. So a first rounder, like five, it would take like six first rounders to get a stud running back. His his first thought here is just increase the value of the rookie picks to to match the the current balances in the league, but ultimately that wasn't going to work either. Um, so what we had to do was design design basically a, a way that everybody got taxed if they didn't spend their money to kind of force people to spend their money. Um, I don't know the 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 bankroll leagues do do have some flaws to them. <laughs> they definitely have some flaws, but we're trying to work our way through some of those. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if I'm smart smart enough to play in your league, Scott. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a little uh, intimidating. It's it's definitely people really seem to love them, but there there are things that uh, there they can be tricky. You need a good commission to handle it. Because if you if you don't, you could that league can go sideways real quick. Um, so Mike mentioned copycat leagues there, and and I've heard of a lot of examples of capitalist pigs copycat leagues. Right. How do you feel about that in general? I mean, I, I know I know in the past you've said that you know you think it's cool or you're honored or or whatever the case might be, but. At the same time, if you're running into these issues, you know those leagues have to be running into those issues. And then it kind of looks like a flawed process. So yep. would you rather copycat leagues not happen? You know, I'm still fine with it. And like even John Bosch started making leagues that did rolling bankrolls and multiple copies after. And, and he's just letting the inflation go. And that's something you can just definitely do. Uh, I will say in my leagues, I want the first, the, the picks to actually mean something. Uh, but uh, if you don't care about the picks, like a first round pick being worth a certain player, if you can just remove yourself from that and be like, I don't care about the picks are just money coming into my bankroll. And you just, you're basically just operating with your bankroll. If that's your mindset, these, these leagues actually work just fine. You know, if, if you get past the idea that a first round pick should be worth a certain player, if you can get past that, then the leagues work just fine. Um, I will say a lot of, a lot of the people who've created copycats either follow me on Twitter or listen to the podcasts and they've heard the fixes and they've implemented fixes, um, or they've thought of fixes on their own. And what Mike suggests here, it's a fix that, you know, you can make. It's also a fix that you got to realize at some point, you your rookie pick that you get is you're going to get a first round rookie pick worth twenty five hundred dollars, and players will be worth five thousand dollars. You know, that's not something I want in my league. So, I mean, it could work, but it's another it's another example of you have to separate yourself from what you think something should be worth and and just go with the flow. And that's not what I wanted to do. But I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Is I trust the commissions out there that have created these to try to figure out what to do. And I'm sure that the people in those leagues are enjoying them. Yep, that makes sense. Uh let's let's make this the last one then. Um okay. Joel from Rochester, New York. I'm the commish of my home league that has been running for six years now. Last year, I convinced the league to get rid of the trade veto. Long time coming, I know, but it was up to a league vote. 
Halfway through the season, the last place team that only had one win made a trade with the first place team, which only had one loss, which is fine, except the last place team traded away Keenan Allen for Chris Johnson, whose career was all but over at that point. I commish vetoed the trade in order to keep the league balanced, and CJ2K got cut the following day. The last place owner was upset about this and ended up not returning to the league. Did I do the right thing? Thanks for your input. Love the podcast. Joel from Rochester, New York. This is the easiest question ever. Yes, you did yep. the right thing. Yep. <laughs> you won you one million percent did the right thing. Not only did you do the right thing with this specific trade, you also did the right thing uh, eliminating the league vote for vetoes. Uh, sometimes you just have to overturn a trade that is pretty much clear collusion. And unless there was something missing from that trade, like a, a couple of first round picks that were not mentioned, then that was collusion. Yeah, and collusion. if that guy's gone from the league now, your league is better for it. Yep. That's <laughs> yeah. That's you absolutely did the right thing. I mean, you, you're not, it's it's really weird to say that it's vetoing. You're not. I mean, you're you're definitely vetoing the trade. It's definitely a commission veto, but basically, you're just fixing collusion is what you're doing. <laughs> you know, so it, those are the. That's why we get rid of the trade veto thing is because the only reason you should be doing it for the most part is is collusion. I will say I've I've run into some instances. I saw a trade that was not collusion. It was a new a new dynasty guy. A new a guy who was new to Dynasty um, traded uh, Michael Thomas for TJ Yeldon. Michael Thomas and a third round pick for TJ Yeldon. And it trades like that. Sometimes you look at it and you go, for the 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 whole league was upset for the integrity of the league. Is that a trade you you don't allow to happen? That's, 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 that's the area where you get a little grayer, but still, I believe that should be a commission's decision. Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. And uh, that's uh, obviously that's a slippery slope with yeah, um, values, you know, an endless amount of trades we could discuss. I think the Keenan Allen for Chris Johnson trade is an obvious one. I think Yeldon for Michael Thomas, assuming we're talking about, uh, the past year or two. Yeah, this think, was mid-season this year. Right, right. I think that's an obvious one. Uh, that yeah. Whether it's collusion, and, and the, the in Joel's case, I think it probably was. It sounds like it. Or whether it's just a new dynasty owner who doesn't know what they're doing, you're still trying to act in the best interest of the league as a whole. And so, yeah, overturn those trades. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a, it's a good 30 some 35 minute episode. Let's call it a day. We've got a, Oh man, <laughs> we've got a couple in the, in the bag, in the can, as they would say, that's, that's a good feeling. So uh, I don't know, Ryan, or do you think we'll get together enough to make this a weekly podcast for the off season or should we stick to every other week? I think we can, we can shoot for weekly. Yeah. I, I can have this one released next week and I could have the, or the, yeah, well, I'll probably edit this out, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we'll go weekly. Um, see how we can do. If we miss an episode, eh, people are used to it, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's that's about it for this episode of Commission Impossible. Thank you for listening. Uh, Ryan is at RyanMC23 on Twitter. I am ScottFish24 on Twitter. 
Thank you for listening. Have a great day.